0: Is my dad paying you to keep me? Aaron's sharp question drew Weig's attention to where she stood behind him with her bagged purchases. What? No. There'd never been any discussion of money. Loyalty wasn't something a leader had to pay for. Grabbing half the bags to lighten her load, he herded her out the door and toward the grocery store on the opposite end of the strip mall— As they moved along the covered walkway, Ike suffered the sudden certainty that they were being watched. Who? He searched the broad parking lot for the culprit. His nape prickled. Where? Seizing Aaron's elbow, he drew her between himself and the building and lengthened his stride. Dropping her purchases into a grocery cart, he pushed it briskly through the automatic doors— To his exasperation, Aaron slowed to a stop just inside the breezeway. Ike stopped and backed up. What are you doing? he demanded when she closed her eyes. She hushed him. Visualizing what we need. He cast an uneasy glance out the windows but still saw no reason for his weariness. She started forward as suddenly as she had stopped, and he chased after her, fighting to keep his gaze from sliding downward. Stanley's daughter had the sweetest heart-shaped ass imaginable. Fucking karma, he thought. For the next half hour, Aaron browsed while Ike's blood pressure steadily increased. She compared brands. She read the sides of boxes and the backs of cans. Meanwhile, he listened to the ticking of his watch, the voices in the store, footsteps. When she dropped one box of breadcrumbs in the cart and put the other back, He just had to ask, why that one? She glanced at him, sidelong. Less preservatives. I have to be careful what I eat. Watching your weight? She arched a delicate eyebrow. Cancer runs in my family. He felt like he'd been slapped awake. This wasn't the first time his assumptions had been off the mark. Like, assuming she'd been addicted to those pills— If she steered clear of preservatives, she probably avoided drugs. Duh. Remembering his harshness with her, he cringed inwardly. His neck grew hot. But then he wondered if the FBI had prescribed the pills to keep her docile. And that kept his mind off his idiocy. He was still pondering the FBI's tactics when they cashed out minutes later— Adding their groceries and Winston's dog food to Aaron's earlier purchases, Ike pushed the cart outside. The instant they stepped into the cool sunshine, he was ambushed by the feeling that someone was watching them again. Damn it, who was it, and where the fuck were they? Slower, he said, catching Aaron's arm as she made to rush ahead and greet her dog. Aware of the soft delicacy of her wrist— He raked the rooftop behind them for signs of a sniper. Nothing. Conscious of her wide-eyed scrutiny, he tried looking as casual as possible. What's wrong? she demanded. Just keep walking. One by one, he assessed every car in the parking lot. Still, he saw nothing to merit his jangling sixth sense. I'll get the bags. You get in. He unlocked the doors with his remote key. Sit here, he said, forcing her into the middle seat in lieu of the front. Why? Her voice had climbed an octave. Just do it, he tossed in the groceries after her. At that precise moment, his roaming gaze fell on an all-silver motor coach parked by the bank on the far side of the parking lot, behind a row of blooming Bradford pears. The FBI had monitored their safe house from a motor coach just like it. He hadn't seen it for himself, but it fit Cougar's description. As he squinted across the distance, sunlight glanced off a reflective surface just inside a tinted window. Ike's adrenaline spiked. He ducked out of sight. Binoculars made that kind of glare. So did an older model rifle scope.